This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Cruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, hello, disaster divas out there in the world. It is I, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And we are back in the Disaster Girls saddle going into the DTV land of disaster movies. You know, we've had such... March was a month of abundance for us. Oh, man. Wow. And now we just have to, you know, bring it back in. Remember our roots, if you will. And uh, yeah. that those roots are Apocalypse Pompeii. Those roots are Apocalypse <laughs> Pompeii. And I think that it so affirms that... And I don't remember if we talked about this when we were recording... Mm-hmm. The, like to to tease this episode, like we're, that we were going to do Apocalypse Pompeii, but the like a star of Apocalypse Pompeii is Jay Castles, who we know from San Andreas Quake. Oh my god, she's the woman who hits the tiny hippo. Oh my god, I didn't put that together. That's why it she is looks her. So familiar. Yep, I I, like, immediately I was I like, oh my god, woman. no, I know you, I know you, and like I I googled her, and the movies that come up, the yeah. first four. Top movies are End of the World, Apocalypse Pompeii, San Andreas Quake, and Armageddon. Perfect. Like off-brand Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is this is a genre of hers. I like. I had no idea that's because I I also had that moment of like, why does she look so familiar? But then I just thought that it was just one of those cases of like, I just can't recognize faces. Everyone looks familiar to me. Whatever. Oh my god, I love that this no, it's woman her. has made a robust career. Out of yeah. half-heartedly acting on screen. Congratulations <laughs> yeah. to her. I can't believe the woman we got, we're seeing again the woman who hit the baby hippo. It's truly like that. That that was not the one time she would be in our lives. <laughs> Amazing. What an unexpected, like every time you think your career is going to peak and then a new opportunity arises and whether that's dodging, you know, lava bombs in Pompeii or hitting a baby hippo. Does, was babe was that was San Andreas Quake the same one where on the Shakespeare Bridge in Los Feliz? Yes. She Jay like goes to help the woman with the large cars, adult and son. she's like, "My son's in there," <laughs> yeah. and it's a PA like for sure. Yeah. A grown man. That was San Andreas Quake was was the large adult son hanging off of hanging off of a very small bridge. That I think that's one of the funniest movies we've watched. Like yeah. I, I I remember that. I remember being so amused by that one. It was well, what I appreciated about San Andreas Quake was that I'm going to see if I still have my notes in here. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's right. And they were taking the PCH. He hit yeah. the baby hippo. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the hit the baby hippo in the like Griffith Zoo. Yeah. Oh, there was a one where the woman's like, save my baby, save my baby, and then it turns out the baby was a dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this movie definitely Just... like gave was probably Sandra's Quake was the the one that gave the least amount of fucks. It really like it was zany. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like with with Apocalypse Pompeii, we're sort of uh, in an interesting spot because of the fact that it also is a movie that doesn't stop and just keeps yeah. being like, "Here's more shit. 
do you want it? Here, take it all. Yeah. But like. There is so much disaster. It's so much In disaster. this movie. There is a huge density of disaster. They. Mm-hmm. They're like, they are pulling things out that have never happened in the history of this earth. Yeah. But they're committing to it. They, I, a friend was over my house while I was watching it and she was, and she was like, why are you watching this movie? Mm. And I explained and I was like, but here's the thing. Like, this isn't, we're not judging this against day after tomorrow. It's like, we judge this against like, yeah. like compares to like. And I was like, a thing you gotta have in these movies, disaster density. Like I brought that. It was like, that's a must. Yeah. Like that's a key criteria. And I was impressed throughout this movie at the ways they were inventing to kill people. Yeah. This movie has a tremendous, like, I did have to, the, initially watching this movie, I fell into the trap and of, okay, you know, the trap of none of this happens, none of this is scientifically yeah. accurate, what are we doing, what the fuck are you talking about, a heat wave, like, that doesn't happen. I was wondering none so of, much. None of this is, like, none of the sequence, none of this. But once you accept that this takes place in a world where geologists don't exist and the study of geology yeah. is still so new that it's a novel concept that <laughs> the daughter would be studying it, once you get past yeah. that hurdle, it's great. Because they're just like, hey, we're just going to – we know what you signed up for. We know mm-hmm. what you're here for. If you wanted accuracy, you would go watch History Channel talk about Pompeii. You right. want to watch bad CGI. And they're right. That we is what started I want. this. We op- we cold open this movie yeah. with a family dying in a car that includes a small child. Uh, yeah, in a completely we're like oh god, in a place that isn't isn't even Pompeii. Nope. It's just to show no. us that volcanic eruptions happen. And yeah, it's a brutal. A, that is a brutal death sequence. It, it is. It, it's a child like crying out, "Mom, mom, mom!" Yeah. And then like you see like the wide shot of their car from the back, and they just get fucking overwhelmed by. I guess like a pyroclastic flow mm-hmm. or something, but it like that I do. I love when they're like, they like the daughter, the geology enthusiast, like about right. They're about ready to leave for their like Pompeii Vesuvius guided tour. And she sees like a newspaper and the headline is like volcano exploded. <laughs> and it's like in another part. And she's looking at it really like quizzically like, Hmm. Yeah. And then once like the seismic activity starts on Pompeii, she's on the phone with her dad and she's like, I just, I saw a headline about a volcano <laughs> erupting somewhere else. And that just like lets you know that there's seismic activity. Yeah. And it was like real. Like, and I don't think we ever got like, it wasn't like a chain reaction volcano movie. This wasn't about like volcanoes around the world start erupting. They did seem to at hint all. at that, but they never fully delved into it. And I thought I, yeah, I kind of feel like there were things about this movie that felt a little like there were two different scripts and Asylum didn't want to spend mm. money on both of those scripts. And so instead, mm-hmm. Asylum was like, we're going to combine this Black Ops rescue mission movie that we bought the script for with this, geo- this volcano movie. Because mm-hmm, there were, mm-hmm. so we do get that. There was like a video or a news. There's like in the background at one point, there is a news program running talking about volcanic activity around the globe increasing. So they do yeah. see that as a thing, but then we never revisit it. So yeah, no, it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe there could have been, like, a sequel, Apocalypse Earth. <laughs> could have been. Could have been. They we could still get one. Who knows? It seems like, and the thing that seems to be bringing the family to Pompeii is, like, dad is, like, a security consultant yes. or something, and he's pitching a security 
plan to a company that's in Pompeii that seems to be like if he gets this account or job or whatever it's like like their like wife says something like it's just like however long I don't know if it, I don't remember if it's years or months but like however long and then we'll never have to worry about money again yeah. it's like shit ever like what is this contract what is he here is this military like what is this yeah it's the thing that's so weird about that whole thing is that, yes, she, we, she gets mul- she mentions multiple times how much money he's going to make doing this job. Yeah. Which I guess, like, he's they're in Sicily? I think it was Sicily. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is, like, on the northern side of, Pom- of Vesuvius. Um, and I don't know, like, is he doing work for the mafia? I have to assume. Because With that kind of money? That's the yeah. only explanation for the amount of money they are talking about of, like, this is life-changing you will take this job. You only have to do it for a couple a year. Or, like, she does make it sound like it's only going to be for a very short period of time. And then they're going to be yeah. financially set for life. and Forever. Like, she's like, we'll be set for life. Yeah. It was like, well, that's an interesting, like, we didn't, we didn't need to believe that was the stakes of the interview to understand why you took your family to Italy with you. Yeah, I didn't need, so that's why I'm like, there, it's like, oh, I have like this job thing here. Movie. Like, we'll make a whole family day of it. Yeah. It feels like there's this second, like, born identity movie that they started to write yes. and then lost interest in and then rerouted to this. Because, like, there's the entire tenor of once he realizes that Pompeii is erupting and his wife and daughter have gone to, which the wife and daughter, in fact, like, wife and, or, like, stepdaughter and, and stepmother, but that's beside the point. Mm. Um, they, he's like, we have to go, I have to go get my family from Pompeii. And everyone's like, absolutely not. And that becomes this, like, yeah. separate black ops recon mission. Which is yeah, because he's apparently a decorated, like retired, yeah. like marine, secret, like eyes only elite soldier yeah. in a past life, which is you know leads to the concerning consultant thing. But then, like you said, it becomes a like we're putting a team together movie. Yeah, it becomes this we're putting a team together movie, and then they steal a helicopter, and everyone's like, and he doesn't once mention anything from that moment on of like I am yeah. concerned about my wife and child. There is no, and like, it becomes very jokey. It becomes very, like, in that, like, the the Michael Bay-ness of it. Yeah. It becomes very much a a cheap Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, Which is just so weird, because then you go back to what feels like a completely different movie. Totally different movie. Where we have, like, our our tourists turned survivors that are being led around by, is this girl high school? College? high school. Maybe college. She yeah, like, is a, she's like, I think she's a teen. She, she feels very much like a teen. This does, there's no mention of like anything involving a job. I, she, the way that they're talking about her, the fact that she's not actively studying geology, unless she happened to make the same poor decision I made and she went to NYU, which eliminated their geology department. Oh no. Yeah, I was very disappointed in myself for not checking on that first, but NYU <laughs> had eliminated like two years prior their entire geology department. It sucked. Oh. Otherwise, guess who would have transferred majors and her parents would have been furious. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so they never mentioned, like, she's not studying it in school. And again, that Mm -hmm. could be because this movie only makes sense if you assume that the field of geology is a new field that is only just starting to be explored. Yeah, it's very exciting, cutting-edge stuff. Yeah, because that's the only explanation for how Vesuvius can erupt and everyone is caught off guard, but we're not going to deal with yep. that aspect of it. Nope. So I have to assume though, because there's no mention of her in high school, in, uh, in college courses, she is a high schooler. She is a high schooler yeah. who becomes the single hero of this movie, who everyone, including the tour guide defaults to like her the mother. The Italian man, just speaking in the, the flattest, <laughs> the flattest dialogue possible. He 
tell me how it is you came to know so much about our volcano. It's like, okay. Like, he's so, t- I was like, is he going to try and fuck this kid? Like, yeah. He's, like, he's in- he's not interested in that she likes volcanoes. He wants to have sex with this girl. Yes. He is completely faking being interested in geology. This is his summer job. He does tour guide shit, like, and he's like, tell me more about why you love volcanoes. I will say that was the most romantic line I've ever heard in a movie, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when he said that, I fully swooned. I've never had a man ask me, how did I come to be so interested in volcanoes? And that's, I get, that makes sense. All I want in life is for one man to... Just with a with an Italian accent, seductively ask me that question. <laughs> but uh, that hasn't happened. But yeah, no, he very clearly and her mom is super on board with it. Her mom is like fully, yeah. which you know, thank you, mom, for supporting these poor decisions. <laughs> thank I guess, you, mom. Um, but yes, his his whole and then he disappears. Like after yeah. that moment when he kind of like seductively talks to her in the middle of a group. Because yeah, they're yeah. having this little like walk and talk where he's asking her how she knows so much about volcanoes after they've evacuated Pompeii. Which, by the way, did you realize they shot in Pompeii? They shot oh. on location. Yeah, when they're like walking around the ruins and stuff, those are the ruins. Because I was looking like these sets look way too good to be set. I was like, I was like, these are actually Italian people. Like, yeah. is this an Italian American co-production? But they fucking went and cast local in Italy? They 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 did like they shot a lot of it in Bulgaria and then some of it was shot on location in Pompeii, which is That's just That's real. That is one of the most shocking things I think I've ever heard on this podcast. Yeah. I was I was stunned because I was like there's no First I was like this looks like these are actual ruins. This is production value is way too high for this. And the quality of the video was different. So I was like, is it? And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to find on the internet any information about Apocalypse yeah, I'm, Pompeii. Yeah, I'm stunned you found this. It was somewhere, it was like listed right there on the page. I was like, what the fuck? But yeah, they actually shot in Pompeii for things, which um, I would- well, money they could have put into effects, I think. I don't, did, did they need to? I don't know. I mean, look. I didn't need to. Nothing is going to ever beat the CGI'd hippo. But I will no, say... No, that woman's already been at the peak of, yeah. of disaster movie CGI. But I, I gotta say, like, in terms of the quality of the effects, they were not markedly worse no. than most disaster movie effects that we see for, like, no. the DTV. Not, absolutely yeah. not. So, not. like, I just want to know what their shooting permit when they had to explain to Italian authorities, like, what they were doing filming in Pompeii. I... The thing that like the I couldn't get over in this movie, mm-hmm. like, and I think this is a this is a, an interesting part of the reality index. This movie presumes that only this teenager yeah. and anybody crazy enough to be studying geology has ever heard of a volcano and knows what it does. Yes, because like the way they have like the the disaster roll, it is like the volcano is activating in phases. It's like there are earthquakes, and then there's I think something. there's like lava bombs, and then, and it's, then it's and then there's the then heat. it's lava bombs, and then it's the heat wave, and then it's like the pyroclastic cloud, and then it's like CO two poisoning. Like it and it's it's none of it's overlapping. It's all completely individualized, and like they're when because they. When she's like, we've got to get in a safe spot for, like, the heat mm-hmm. shield that's coming. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And she was like, she's explaining it. I'm like, I God, is that real? And then, like, when they, they get in a prison, old ancient prison cell, and they're, like, you know, 
heat, extreme heat has washed over the outside world and they're cooking in there. And then it ends. And like one of the, the guy who looks like he's got Mark McGrath hair <laughs> is like, is like, is that it? Is it over? It has to be over. And she's like, it's not over yet. <laughs> and they're all like, what do you mean? It's like, I mean, it hasn't been a volcano yeah. yet. Like, the what thing- the fuck do you think is not? What? Well, what's what crazy, do volcanoes do? What are you talking about? that they're in, it's not even like they're somewhere where there isn't a robust history of yeah. the exact things that are about to, like. It's not like it's the entire reason they all went there. Yes! Yes, but again, that's why this movie only works if you're like, this is a world where geology is mm-hmm. new and no one has ever studied it, and everyone thinks that the volcanoes are just like God getting angry. Um, also, yeah, looking th- because they're like the idea of erupt an eruption yeah. is completely out of these people's minds. They're like, wow, it's going to cause earthquakes, and it's going to be like there's these there's these things falling from the sky. It's like you haven't seen lava yet. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You haven't seen the pyroclastic flow. That demolished Pompeii the first time. The the fucking first time from that very same volcano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But thanks to the heat shield, we do get four people vaporizing. <laughs> that was so good. Bursting into, when they started walking, like, haha, like all proud of themselves, mm-hmm. they didn't get out of the bunker. I was like, please tell me they're going to burst into flames. And that's exactly, they burst into flames and they explode. Yeah. I, I did not expect them to fully incinerate. Um, I was delighted when they did. Just this movie lights people on fire. Mm-hmm. We have multiple stunt performers covered in like the fire jelly and you see it doing like slow motion running and dying while they are on fire. They these movies fully committed to lighting people lighting people on fire and I think that fucking rules. Yeah. That's again that's a the, the density of disaster that we get in this movie is I would say maybe top tier. Like, I can't... I think so! There are very few movies that have given us so many phases of a disaster, and... Yep. Again, none of them make sense. But I don't care. I... I... What did you do? Well, how did you react when when the lava bombs start falling, and we're just getting those crowd shots mm-hmm. of, like, people panicking and running, and then we just get one where someone gets, like, fully, like, taken out by a lava bomb, but in a way that it looks like they're tackled by... A defensive end. Yes. Like they're running and it just, it hits them like a person and just like throws them out of the frame and they're dead. I, I shouted. It was so fun. Oh yeah. I know. I did the bark laughing thing where like, you're not expecting <laughs> yeah. it. So the laugh comes out and it's almost like a, a cough. Yeah. Um, and, and then in my notes, I have something like online. So holy shit, they just took that red shirt the fuck out. Like they took her. That is, that's the only way you, you can accurately describe is a death is she got taken. Yeah. Out. That was like Stonado's level. Just, yep, that was st- exactly. I thought of Stonados immediately. Yeah, it was it was great. Like the the lava bomb sequence, fantastic. The and when you see when you see that happen yeah. in the beginning, you're like, oh, I mean, I bet that's kind of like their big one. Like, a, oh shit, look at that. But then they just kept kept destroying people. Yeah, and that's they they did such a good job setting a standard that no one was safe. When like one of the backpackers in the group, they're in the final escape, like lava is encroaching upon her and she's like trying to get to safety. I was like, she's going to fucking die. Yeah. She's going to get slow. She's going to get John. What is it? John. I, it's not Joyce Carol Oates. Is it just John Carroll? Oh yeah. John Carroll or John Oates Carroll. John Carroll Lynch. John Carroll Lynch. Yes. John Carroll Lynch. Like it, he, I was like, she is going to get John Carroll Lynch 
melted, like slow descent into lava in this movie because they had set such like a great momentum up to be like, no man, everybody's going down and they're going down in a gnarly way. So when she actually gets pulled up to safety, I was shocked. Yeah, the only reason I didn't, so there were two, the backpacker couple who like, initially seemed to be somewhat nefarious because yes they set them up as suspicious yeah, they've been they were suspicious the whole time and i was like so they were suspicious one because they seem very shady and like they're keeping to themselves in a weird way on a mm-hmm. tour in a crisis um and then two they steal uh both of the mom and daughter disaster mom disaster daughter have sat phones which they have reluctantly accepted from. I Guys, we got to, like, when they're about ready to leave for the tour, dad's very security when he's like, here, take these sat phones with you. And daughter's like, oh, dad, you always do this. You're so paranoid. Oh, no, no, no. It's like, you just carry the yeah, phone. Yeah, just take your phone. Like, you don't, you don't have to use it if you're not in danger. He's not telling you to, like, wear, like, some med tech thing that's going to have him follow your heartbeat and track your location. Yeah. You're, you have a phone anyway. Put the fucking phones in your bag. Like, the overreaction to being yes. offered two phones to, like, was ridiculous. It was a, a bizarre overreaction, which was, I guess, supposed to make us believe that, like, he is kind of overbearing. I guess, but, yeah. Mm, like, yeah. again, he was such a non-entity for so much of it that it didn't even, like, yeah. feel as if it was... I mean, I, I I can't remember anything substantial about anything that happens in his plot lines, except that Jonathan Reese davies is in them and he's fan. Like, and he is he's outacting so good. everybody. He is so good. He's so over the top. Yeah. He's so English. He shows up wearing, is a, like, like, is there ever a time when Jonathan Reese davies doesn't have a jaunty hat on as a character actor? It, like, it's so, like, it's got, it's got to be a, like, I would always wear a jaunty hat if I were yeah. him. Like, it is, he's, like, the voice is just so over the top, and it's so specific, and, like, it coming into a movie like this immediately makes his performance seem like masterpiece theater, because there's, like, by comparison, like, this is, like, you know, like, like, cardboard hackneyed, you know, DTV action, and he's, like, a thespian. Yeah. And it's like, he, he's devouring every scene because he's the only actor. Well, that's the thing is that he's, and that's part of why the stepdad, or the dad's whole military dad's plot doesn't work for me is partly because he is such a flat level. There's no like, I would have rather had him be the, on the other end of annoying of being constantly yelling about, I have to get there because of my wife and daughter. Like I would have so rather had that versus the flatline sort of snarky thing that he had going on. Yeah. And that's particularly noticeable when you get into having him play opposite a guy who's really fucking acting. Yeah, who is really fucking acting. Uh, when he, and at the end... is so fun. It's so enjoyable. It's so great. Every single one of these disaster movies needs to have one beloved character actor. It is, it's really like, it just takes yeah. it to that special level. It's like the salt, fat, acid, heat thing. <laughs> yeah, it's alchemy. Yeah, you just need to, like, if you're, if, if you've made your DTV movie and something isn't tasting quite right, you need to add a squirt of lemon or mm-hmm. you need to add a prestige actor of some sort. Like a yeah, you need that actor. acid. Yeah. You need that acid to give it depth. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't have that, whatever, what was the Dean Kane one where he has oh. to, like the world is frozen. Oh, you need, God. you need a, a, a person we've never heard of. Who's going to go as big as that villain guy did. That's right. You need a guy who's going to just like, 
cartoon villain accent. Like, if you can't get the character actor in there to pull the weight, yeah. you need him. Someone needs and to And this be... movie did not have him, but thankfully it had, uh, thankfully it had the alternative. Yeah, well, in this movie, yeah, the thing is, is that this, like, direct-to-TV, direct-to-video movies need to have somebody who looks like they are having a great time doing it. Yes. That's it. Yes. If you're not going to give us density, of, if you're not going to give us disaster density, if you're not going to bring in Ming-Na Wen and like yep. bring that level in of a- And the Torturo gentleman. Yes. Then you got to have <laughs> somebody who looks like they're actually enjoying themselves. And <laughs> that, thank God this movie also had that. And I, this is neither here nor there, but like the autoplay on Tubi after this movie was um, the Firefingers movie. Oh, God. Yes. Which gave me the opportunity, like, it started, like, the next movie started playing, and my friend was like, did your movie start over? And I was like, no, no. This is a Kevin Sorbo movie. <laughs> this is something entirely different. I was like, me and Amanda could just call this movie the, just call it Firefingers. And then, like, a couple minutes in, the fire starts attacking. I was like, this is why we call it Firefingers. <laughs> I hate the Leo pointing meme, but it it's, was the Leo the pointing I'm like, meme. and there's, it's happening. There's the yeah, fire fingers. That's I mean we don't always remember the names of the movies, but we do always give the movies names that you will instantly know which movie we're talking about. Yeah, like the 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 airplane circling like the the airplane versus volcanoes yeah. movie that is it it's called literally airplane called airplane versus volcanoes that I finally know the name which of which you kind of like, just accidentally backed into because you were trying yeah. to describe what happened. <laughs> in that in that in that's not even a movie where the the title is the definition because an, an airplane is not fighting volcanoes. No, it's <laughs> but like it was just like well at the well, end you have they to... do the, at the end the airplane does somebody does fly an airplane into a volcano so, but it's just not that's, the, yeah it's not that the is true it does airplane. become a showdown it does become a yeah showdown. but the titular airplane does not fly into volcanoes so it doesn't count and like can you believe in this in this in apocalypse Pompeii how quickly like how quickly they forget about the sat phones. Like, at the first opportunity, like, grab, take the satellite phone out. Yeah. Get the satellite phone out. And then it's just like, mm, shoot, those satellite. No, they, they like, they eventually the fact that they just disappear it. from yeah. their consciousness is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they eventually realize it. And at that point, they're just like, oh, we must have lost it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the sketchy backpacker duo never does anything with it so they just seem to kind of be like amassing trash uh, yeah i was like oh so they're like thieves yeah. like they're backpacker thieves like they steal shit from hostels they're like because they've been traveling for months like our whole lives are in these backpacks they say and they clearly have like a strained relationship in some way so you're oh, like because, are they not really a couple and because that's he won't propose to her is that, that was the I was whole like, thing. why am I forgetting why they are, they don't seem to be on good terms? Yeah, because I think it's like, I think that it's the mom asks like, oh, how long have you two been together, been married? I think she says like married and they're both like, we're not. Yeah, we're not. And it's like an, it's complicated. Yeah. And then she basically is like, well, we've been together for, I think she says, she says some absurd amount of time and he hasn't proposed yet. And I'm like, this is, this is not what anybody signed up for in the middle of an apocalypse Nobody signed up to, like, if someone said that to me, in my, even if I were at the engagement desk at my place <laughs> of business, and someone said that to me while I was locking up because a, a volcano was erupting, I would look yeah. and be like, this is the least important thing to care about right now. Yeah. yeah. 
and my job is to make sure people want to get engaged but like yeah like i i'm in this room because i'm supposed to care about this but right now this doesn't no this doesn't matter at all no like we nobody has time for your interpersonal drama dude suck it up just get engaged like i i was so i i like a through line of this movie i that surprised me that i was like I, i think i appreciate this was how like they kept killing people and like each time someone dies mm-hmm. if they're like paired off with if they had like a if the love interest if like the, if someone's love interest dies somebody in the group immediately like slots in to be their new love interest yes. or, or like be their best friend yeah they like kind of get like, adopted that, immediately yeah like that one woman like loses her husband oh. and the mark mcgrath hair guy like immediately like takes her in his arms yes and then when the backpacker lady's not husband dies the surviving woman from one of the pairs like is like crying on her shoulder like they immediately become like a very conciliatory group with one another yeah and and so we gotta can we talk about how much paul sucks because i was just waiting from the moment that we meet paul i was like when is this man gonna die this character is introduced complaining about his italian vacation and we're supposed to find him and he's and not just complaining about his italian vacation complaining about his italian vacation to people who are strangers to him yeah, he's so, he's so like when awful. he died, I was like, "You're not upset, lady. You can't possibly be. This is the this is the best day of your life." Yeah, you know, this is have the to best be day of your life. This man who probably constantly harangues you at home. Yeah, yeah. like fuck. The, he was so, and it's like in that corny dad jokes kind of way. That's like you are grating and awful. Yeah, I mean, he immediately is just like. The first thing he does is complain about how he couldn't get a pastry or coffee because they have to get to this tour. Yeah. Like, as if that is not because of poor planning on his part, most likely. Yeah, like, guess if you'd gotten up earlier to get your pastry and coffee, you wouldn't be having this problem right now. Yeah, you guys have to get to a tour. This isn't complicated. This is the basics of when you are traveling and you're doing tours is there's a start time and you got to get on the bus. Mm -hmm. And clearly this is a thing that matters to your wife. So suck it up. Also, you get to go see Pompeii, Paul. Don't be such a dickhead. And then, like... Yeah, Paul. Paul's Paul's definitely somebody who, like, lives in, like, a Dakota. Yeah. And, like, talks about how funny the food is from other places. Paul has absolutely said, while eating pasta in Italy, I just don't see why this is better than Olive Garden. Yeah. He's, like, he's a guy who, he's, like... But also, not because he's, like, not cultured or not exposed, but because he takes pride in specifically showing how little he cares about things that other people have. Like, yeah, it's that he, very he just, engages with that Twitter prompt that's like, what's like your like least what's favorite? Your, of, uh, your, the, what, what's your least favorite food? And he's like Indian cuisine. Am I right? Like gross. And you're like, uh, like Paul. Yeah. The LOL. What did you think you were getting out of this? Yeah, Paul. Sucks. Yeah, Paul sucks. I was so happy Paul dies early. I knew that we were going to I knew that he was supposed to die Pretty, I knew he was going to have to die at some point. I was thrilled that we didn't have to deal with him for like the, int- that we never had to have a moment of Paul going, why are we listening to her? She's just a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never had that because he dies so early from being like, did he die from being struck by the lava bomb? He, no, he, they're in like the under, they're in like one of the underground areas, like one of the tunnel oh, structures. Yeah. And he, like, he's injured. So he's like, I think it's because he's running slower. And then the, the ceiling caves in. That's And right. we just watch the actor lay on the ground and like lightly kick while foam rocks just keep <laughs> being thrown at him. Just like, he doesn't, he does not end up under a pile. Yeah. He just keeps getting big foam rocks <laughs> thrown on him. That where it, it seems like it's like, 
he's not exactly crushed, but he's been beat to death by all of these rocks. Pompey was like, I'm fucking done with you, man. <laughs> yeah, I am fucking, that was personal. Yeah. That was personal. I love the slow-mo we get in, like, I think that same sequence where Mark McGrath guy, like, somebody catches fire near him, and we just get that slow-mo of him, like, <laughs> like, running in front of the camera away from the fire guy. Outstanding stuff. Great, yeah. Again, I, everybody, credit where credit's due. They tried. Well, the actors yeah. at least like occasionally tried. I yeah I um I, I I did I did like like you said the thing about how everyone would kind of just once one was eliminated, they'd yeah. all just kind of regroup and like <laughs> yeah. reconnect. But also there was something nice about that because of the fact that a lot of the time in these movies it does kind of feel like there's a bunch of people who don't who are all stuck together who don't seem to care or totally. There isn't the sense of like something traumatic has occurred. Yeah. And everyone just moves on immediately and they're on to the next obstacle. And so there was actually something kind of nice about the fact that like, yeah, it was once the backpacker lady's husband or backpacker boyfriend gets yeah. eaten by lava, <clears throat> she then gets comforted by Paul's widow. And I was yes. like, that's actually kind of nice. Like this makes sense that yeah. they are both like- She's like, yeah, I just lost my husband. Yeah. I Yeah, that they, they have this like- a little there is a sense that they are taking care of each other which is really lovely what is like because when, when we lose paul's wife yes it's chemical poisoning what is is it co2 like what is this what is the they flee uh like a big pyroclastic flow or something into a large man's and then they're sitting in there for a long time and then suddenly we see like like the visual of like the wavy air yeah. to let us know that it's like filled with poison. And we watch like a woman like choke to death and foam at the mouth before dying. So what the fuck was that? Um, that was the thing that doesn't um, happen. Allegedly. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Um, so it, I never, I never see like, like obviously in Dante's peak, there's the like, Oh, it smells like sulfur mm-hmm. in here. Like, and, and like they're like, this is like, we are getting gaseous emissions, but like the, Oh yeah, that old volcano movie trope where a bunch of people are poisoned by invisible noxious gas, and only because of the density of ash on the ground. Like, okay, so yeah, what the fuck was that? They, what they, the explanation given in the movie is that um, I guess the ash releases some sort of poisonous gas. I, think, I don't remember if they said sulfur dioxide. I don't remember what they said it was specifically. Let's go with sulfur mm. dioxide because that's actually a thing that does get produced by volcanoes. Okay, okay. And they were like, if the depth of the ash is 15 feet deep, it's going to produce enough of this toxic gas to kill us. Okay. So that's why they were like, oh my God, the ash is piling up. But also like, that's not, no, that doesn't no. happen. The yeah. the danger of the pyroclastic flow, the danger of the thing that they were out running and the thing that they were trying to yeah. hide from in a building that would have absolutely, the windows would have been knocked out by yeah. the oh, sheer yeah. force of this Major ash. structural damage. Yeah. The thing that they are trying to outrun is the thing that has the gas and the superheat. It has superheated gases. Yes. So you boil alive while you're choking to death on the gas. And also the air is full of glass particulates, which is what right. the ash is. And the ash is an ash. The ash is actually tiny particulates of glass. It's, it's yeah, yeah. So you're also getting your lungs torn up on the inside from the glass. It's not a great thing. You think it would kill you fast enough to at least be like, 
not torture? No, no, no. Like, the- would it kill you fast enough to not be in excruciating pain, or would you be excruciating pain for like a minute? It's a bad death. It's a. It's not a. It's not an instant death. That sounds like like a worst a, possible. There's a death. reason that the people that we found in Pompeii are curled up in fetal positions, clutching each other. Yeah. And I mean, some of that's probably due to like the ligaments restricting or whatever from, but it's also because no, it, you do, you choke to death um, while being burned <laughs> alive. It's, it's bad. <laughs> in terms of like on the list of geologic hazards of ways I'd like to die, pyroclastic flow, bottom of that list. It's always been the scariest thing to yeah, me. It's, it's always been the scariest thing to me about volcanoes. It's terrifying. And like with good, that is the pyroclastic flows are the thing that with volcanoes that kill people. It's not the lava because generally yeah. speaking, the lava moves slower and we know when it's going to happen. It's the pyroclastic flow. That's what killed people. I, like, in Mount I would Saint. imagine that. And then like the, like flood, like flooding. Yes. Like, and then like lahars and things that, yes. Lahars. Yeah. Yes. But like Mount St. Helens, people died from the, yep. It happens in, I think like it happens down in central and South America quite often. Like, Mm. It is, that's what we see in the beginning of the movie, is the pyroclastic flow killing people. It is the thing that takes people It's out. what we're outrunning at the end of Dante's Exactly, people. yes. And they have to go so far as to lodge themselves inside of a mountain in order to escape it. And there's no question about any sort of toxic gases, because again, it's a weird made-believe, made-believe thing. But, yeah, I don't, because I this don't is a world get- in which geology doesn't exist, and everything we know about volcanoes doesn't exist, and it's okay, this is all brand new. Um, yeah. that's just what I got to live with in this because otherwise all of my notes in this would have just been all caps. That's not how volcanoes work. Yeah. Just yelling into a void. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, I, this was definitely until I hit the moment, like in the last 10 minutes of this movie of finally being like how I learned, I kind of hit that moment of like, I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb kind of situation. Yes. Yes. Until that, my notes are a lot of like, this is funny. Haha, ha, that dude got taken out. What the fuck? This isn't how science works. <laughs> well, with the is that a DIY method for stopping gas? Putting baking soda in front of your face? I don't think so. I don't know. I was like, she didn't use much baking soda. No. Like there's not much there. I like Okay, I get what I get what they were going for with it. I personally as somebody Dropped out of chemistry because I didn't want to keep memorizing things from it. Um, yeah. I couldn't tell you if that's okay. true or not. But Fair. likewise, like, no, this is real science anyway. So who's to say it's not going to work? Yeah. Why I, Why couldn't they all put, like, bandanas soaked in a baking soda water solution around their mouths? And then that's sufficient. Why couldn't they? Yeah. Like, I'll take it. I'm not going to question it. She's the only scientist no. on the planet, apparently. So, like... And the best. She's truly... If, if, if there were ten scientists, she's number one. <laughs> There's... I... And then, like, meanwhile, this is going on. We have the Michael Bay movie. Right. Happening elsewhere. It's... It's just completely different. And there's, like... I love when a cheap movie has to do something that really should be at night. Yeah. During the day. Like them sneaking onto a military base and stealing a helicopter under the cover of afternoon. Yes. Which, like, everything about that plotline is not only just deeply absurd. Yeah. But also seems expensive. It seems like like, that sequence seems expensive. It does. And yeah, they steal a helicopter from like NATO or the UN or something. Yeah, it's like, from some international body. Yeah, they fully just steal it and take off, like four people take off with it. 
One of them gets <laughs> shot. The dude, one dude gets shot in the process. Yeah. And it's kind of, and everyone's like, jokey, having a good time about it. I'm like, maybe instead of stealing the helicopter, you could have just driven a car. I, I was so, I was so irritated. I was so irritated when Gimli, um, got, died via tiny lava bomb. I so I didn't think that he died. I think he lives. Cause he like, he's all hunched. I mean, I hope he lived. Yeah. He's all like, he talks, but then he's hunched over. Oh my God. I hope you're right. I hope you I'm lived. pretty sure that because he has that like a little jokey moment about it where he's like, cause he gets okay. shot. Yes. He takes it through the heart and I was like, oh my God, holy shit. He's going to die. But then, yeah, he seems kind of like, ugh, that one hurt. Kind of like he does play it off in a way where I thought that that meant that he lived. Okay, well then, great. I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm taking it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he lives. There's no reason for him not to. If if the guy can get shot in the leg and survive until he then gets killed, because also like most of the like of the force, the four guy, the or so there's there's lieutenant dad or military dad, and then there's like his three people that he was friends with from Kandahar or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that and this movie gets in a great, like, you know, what happened in Utah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, back to what happened in Kandahar. I was like, ah, oh, the, the naming of the place yeah. that stands in for the big mysterious to-do. It was John Henry ah, yes, Davies yes. gets to say, you think I don't remember that debt I owe you from Kandahar? Like, exactly, exactly. Great, great line. It's a per- that's a perfect line. Yeah, means nothing, means everything. But yeah, the other three soldiers, like, they all kind of bite it in the process of trying to save his wife yeah, and daughter. Yeah, I was like, I was, again, this movie just fucking kills yeah. everyone. Which is probably why I had convinced myself that Gimli dies, because I'm like, fuck, nobody's safe. I was, I thought the whole tactical team was going to make it out. I, I thought the whole tactical team would make it out if for no other reason than their deaths are otherwise just so in vain. Like, yeah, there's... It's so, yeah, it's like when the woman dies on the stairs and she's being eaten by lava, I was like, we're just adding bodies yeah. now. Like, I, there was no, we, we're, we've killed a lot of red shirts, guys. Like, we don't need to add to the body count at this point with these people. It felt a little bit, felt a little bit reckless. Yeah, and I, I can't even remember, like, I watched it early last week and I truly can't remember who survives and who doesn't and I didn't take any notes on it because that's how little I cared about any of them or that entire subplot. I was just like, yeah, yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Bring me back to the one girl who knows how volcanoes work, please. Yeah. And, and her mom. Thank God for her. As, as, as Mark McGrath man tells her at one point, he, she's like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. He's like, Hey, we would be dead right now if it weren't for yeah. you. That that guy started his whole character was, I take too many pictures of, of shitty things. And he like kind of came through in the clutch. I was, surprise yeah no he was definitely the underrated like he was he was the all-star in this for sure yeah it was really like what surprising depth yeah no that man that man i would like to think like created i i I personally choose to believe that he created an entire character bio for his character and like i think you're right i think you're right that hair was a choice he he made for that character that guy knows everything about that character's life for sure he every photo he took he knew the blog post that that character was going to write about those photos (laughs) <laughs> he did he was keeping a he was keeping an angel fire <laughs> i mean thank god yeah no the the mark mcgrath hair guy was the un- i was expecting him to be annoying from that hair yeah oh me too and it, i was like oh that's like in the way that he seemed like he was gonna be the way that 
bad jokes vacation guy. Yes. Was. Yeah. I thought he was going to be that character. I thought he was going to bring the curly haired, you know, J- uh, Judah from La Brea vibes of like, are you yes, telling me yes. this? And like, so yeah, man, there's going to yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> are you telling like, me? We're supposed to just stuff our, get our shirts wet. We need this drinking water. We're supposed to stuff it under a door. Like, he didn't quite, like, he didn't really question it much. He just kind of went along. No, really... yeah, like he was, he had a legitimate, like, what are we, a legitimate question. Yeah. Aren't we going to need this water yeah. when it gets so hot in here that we could burn alive? And she's like, no, I need to soak them to crack, seal cracks in the door. And he's like, okay, takes a sip. Mm-hmm. Could have taken a bigger sip. Takes a sip, and then they douse the clothes. Like, he raised a valid point, yeah. and then he, they took action. I, again, I did not expect to appreciate this character. It's rare that I watch one of these movies, and I'm like, that's someone I wouldn't be totally opposed to being in a disaster with. And he is one who I was yeah. like, you know what? wouldn't be opposed to it. Would definitely have, a, like, a, a long list of people I prefer above him. But yeah, not a bad but one to in be. In a pinch, yeah. no, he'll in a he'll pinch. Show up. I'll take it. He'll make a really crappy tourniquet out of like his puka shell necklace. Yeah, he he was he was a puka shell necklace kind of guy, oh. ladies and gentlemen. He had the board shorts. He had the collared. He had the collared the blue collared shirt with the blue board shorts. Like, <laughs> God, remember when we remember when we did the one with uh, Tyler Hecklin? Like oh TV my Superman. god! The uh, the grizzly bear, uh, atomic bear, and they were just like wearing the biggest cargo shorts known to man. You could have fit so many cargo shorts and so. I just want to point out, by the way, it this was movie was like from just... 2014, and he absolutely looks like he's from 2003. In the way that like every Fast and the Furious movie still looks like, still feels like it's 2005. Yeah. Like every Asylum kind of movie is like no we only make movies in 2005 through seven. Yeah. Like that's 2003 through seven. That's when our movies come out. It's like they made them all then and they've just been releasing <laughs> them from a vault since. Like the Disney movie. Yes, that's, that is an accurate description of it for sure. Yeah. Because it's like, God, how do you replicate that when so much has changed? Not even like keeping up with the times, but like how do you replicate being back in time like that. Yeah, like, it's weird when you watch, because I, like, I've been watching, I was watching something that was supposed to be set, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, I was supposed to be set, like, in the early, like, there was, there was a flashback sequence that was set. Let me restart this whole sentence, because I just remembered how it all worked. It the show itself was set in, like, 1999. And it was okay. so incapable of actually like depicting like none of the characters looked or dressed their makeup their hair their clothing none of it felt like 1999 it they it was may whitman had like the straight on top bouncy curls on bottom of the yeah, two, yeah. 2010s 2020s she did not have the pin straight hair of 1999 yeah. like that sort of vibe yeah. and it's almost like asylum does the like so it's so hard to replicate that to with modern standards it's like asylum does the opposite yeah no matter what it's a time capsule it's a fucking time capsule it's, it's, it's like it kind of like anything vin diesel does is like in that sort of time yeah. capsule too yeah yeah like his triple x movies like vin is always vin is always in the odds yeah it's like there's just something there's a very like pack sun mall vibe about these vin could play he's not who i'm in a fantasy cast for but vin could play this soldier. Oh, guy. yeah. Well, this is like, a, you know, like, yeah, this is in a, if the, if, if the fork in the road had gone differently 
and he didn't agree to come back for Fast 4. This could have been him. Oh, I think that had Fast not happened, Vin absolutely would have had a robust career in in this genre, for sure. Yeah, he would be in movies with, like, Michael Jai White and shit. Like, he would be playing, like, a tough... He would be just, like, beating guys up in DTV. Yeah. Like, this would have been a great, like, he would have brought the right kind of over the top to a, to a role like this that needed more yeah. from the soldier dad. Yes, agreed. Absolutely agreed. The right just kind of, like, over sincerity. That's the thing, like, that, again, that's what we kind of need from these movies, is, like, you do need that kind of sincerity or that kind of commitment in order for it to matter, which is why he would be so good at it. And it's, it's as you said, you need someone in these movies who looks like they're having fun. Yeah. Well, Vin would never look like he's having fun, but he would definitely <laughs> look like he took it more seriously than anybody else in this film. That's, ab- that's absolutely true. You know? <clears throat> he would absolutely be more sincere than anyone else on that. Side. Yes. This is for him. This, this would be as serious cinema as anything being made on a major motion picture. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Okay. Well, if we've gotten Do to we... the, the Vin Diesel digression, does that mean that? Yeah. <laughs> but it, that is related to fantasy casting. So we're moving in the okay. right direction. Well, first Jordan, I do want to do a quick moment to shout out yet again. Mostly my my great work, but also yes, you are you are our in house designer. Apparently, you are the creative brain trust here. Yeah, you guys, if you have not taken a few seconds to check out the Disaster Girls uh, store, DisasterGirls.myshopify.com, go head over there, check it out. Yeah, we got stickers, we got mugs, we have swim trunks that say "Stop Killing Shelly Winters." Yeah. We have Disaster Dad, Disaster Mom, and Disaster Child paraphernalia for the upcoming Mother's mm-hmm. Day, Father's Day celebrations. Whatever <laughs> you might need, if it's disaster movie related and in like five categories, you can find it at the Disaster Girls shop. So You really you can. can. You can find it. It's a treasure trove. It's, yeah, there's also, um, this is unrelated to disaster movies, but I made a three tar night. So it's three Lydia tars howling at a, well, not howling, but... Three Lydia Tars with a moon, uh, like the three wolf moon shirts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you buy that or the sticker, then those any the profits of that will go to um, Sage, which is for elderly LGBTQ community. So we are not taking yes. any of the profits on that, but that is available as well. But also a lot of great stupid things that I just keep every so often being like, what else can I put this on? And then adding it. So go check it out if you haven't yet. But now I and and, and respect Muja and Shelly Winters while you're yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, the Muja Hive one is so good. And that was partly with the help of It's so good. So good. And that was I didn't do so the Shelly Winters one and the Muja one, um, I did not do on my own. That was with again, I've mentioned before, the help of David Mann. Um and then of course we also have if you go on to the um what's it called? The like the Mac I call it the maximalist, so the ones that have our logo. You can see mm-hmm. our very own Jordan Cruciola modeling the t-shirt and the sweatshirt. And those photos. Those are great, great pics. Great photos. I'm a big fan. By Mari Preventure, who was kind enough to just offer to take pictures of us. Um, yeah. And so we've got some photos that were done, like, actually with the products. So check it all out. But now, Jordan. And does. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Does that bring us to what, yeah, it, what it was really that's about? That's what I was going to say. And now, Jordan, what is, let's talk about what this movie is really about. 
So what is this movie really about? What do you think? What is this movie really about? You know what? I, I think this is one of those movies that is, I think it, it, it gets at what the brilliant Mika McKinnon told us, mm. which is that the best disaster protection is community. Yeah. Uh, as we were saying, this movie does a, a unique thing. Of sort, like you said, when one goes down, somebody like steps up to fill the like the role of care, yeah. and like we don't like get an abundance of character development from it, but there are like these very clear, nonverbal ways that we just see people caring about each yeah. other, and I like it. That's really surprising in a movie like this, and you know what? A lot of fucking people die in this movie, so it's not like it kept everyone safe, but I think it's like a testament to. Sometimes you don't need a villain. Yeah. Sometimes you don't need a villain. The disaster is enough of a villain. Like, we can just have people taking care of each other in a really difficult time. Be like, this teenager, they could be like, you're a fucking kid. You don't know anything. But they're like, hey, been right so far. We're following you. Like, people immediately falling in to a cooperative state instead of a competitive or desperate state. At the very least bunch of people died they didn't like die getting shoved out the side of a plane they didn't die with somebody like not reaching back to help them you know like to stop them from falling into a pyroclastic flow and so i think this is a movie about i think it's modeling taking care of each other in disaster situations yeah i like that i really like that because i didn't have a what this movie is really about because since the movie felt so divided I yeah. couldn't oh, God, really yeah. pin down. And because, like, the dynamics, the one thing that's... It's an interesting thing, just, like, from a structural standpoint about this movie, mm. is that no one has an arc. No one really has, like, a I've come to realize something. There isn't, like, the daughter needs to learn... Like, the mom's too overbearing, and the, she needs to learn totally, to touch, touch totally. the daughter. So there's no, like... To a degree, this... Which is why, like, what I care more about, ultimately, is... I would, if so, this is one of the rare times where if someone came to me and was like, hey, we want to remake this movie, I wouldn't be like, why? I'd be like, yes. I'm on board. <laughs> yes. I want to remake this film. Like, because of the fact that this has the, all of the disaster density and none of the character work that we would need to have a, what is this movie really about? Yeah, that's completely true. So I like yours. I agree. I think that, you know, the importance of a community, knowing your neighbors, all those things that Mika taught us, super useful mm -hmm. that's always a good kind of touchstone for us in a what is this movie really about but yeah i totally i the place where this movie lacks is in the as silly as it sounds is in the script and so yeah without that i can't i can't do a what is this really about no i think that's completely fine i would love to um, remake this i would love this to be a roland emmerich joint like 100 percent Let's have... I mean, you know he's shooting on location in Pompeii. Absolutely. No, I want Roland... You know it. Roland will desecrate graves for this, and I want Oh, that. yeah. Yeah, he will He will exhume bodies yeah. taken by Vesuvius. He's... He will stomp on the preserved yeah. ashen corpses to get the shot. If that's, if the that's shot. what you need to do to properly have a character out running something, then that's what you're gonna do. Yeah, you're gonna have John Cusack run right over those bodies. Hell yeah. <laughs> so yeah no that's that's I, for me like that's my like, i would 100 percent remake it i would want roland emmerich in it would totally cut out the entire plot line of like the military shit um and really make it more about like i would probably 
kind of day after tomorrow this and remove okay. the mom as well and really make okay. it like this is kids on like a kids on their Italian vacation for like a prestige high school class sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then just go from there. Um, mm-hmm. And I would like to make my main character would be Chloe Coleman, who we recently, oh, okay. yeah, we recently saw in 65 as the dead daughter. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And she was previously, I had seen her in My Spy a few months ago and really. Oh, that's right. That's right. She was just like an adorable, precocious child. Um, and if there's anybody who in a world where there's no geologists, I love the idea of her playing like a budding little geologist who's the only one who knows yeah. like that even among in some sort of a nerd group, she is the nerd who knows everything. about <laughs> yeah. Like, hell yeah, I am super in build the cast around her. Like, Go from there. I love the idea of having the teen as the one person who knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a there's a root in this movie that I think is actually really fun and does become, it does like, kind of actually would translate into a real movie. Yeah, um, which isn't always the case when we do our fantasy casting. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's for sure. Like Chloe Coleman, build it around her. Roland Emmerich is the director and, you know, mm-hmm. put me in as the screenwriter. Let me go, folks. Like, I don't know what to Let me go. Let her go. Yeah, let me write ap- Apocalypse Pompeii, please. <laughs> Sounds like you've got a pretty robust uh, fantasy casting as well. Well, I know exactly who I'm putting in for the parents. I'm going straight to Nuclear Hurricane. Oh, hell yeah. And I am bringing in Jack Scalia and Jamie Lewis. Oh, fantastic. And... And they are going to have so much chemistry over the phone. Yeah. Mom is going to be, like, so involved in the problem solving. She's going to be, like, action mm-hmm. mom. Jack is going to, he's going to get that team together. He's going to go get his family. The, like, the banter will be great. Um, yeah, I, I want I want the nuclear hurricane uh, control room duo yeah. in my movie. That's a great call. They're going to be, they're going to be the parents we can't, we're not letting Gimli go anywhere. <laughs> that guy is staying in this oh, movie. Oh, for sure. And I'm trying to think of like who a good kid compliment would be in this. And like like I'm like I'm like the, the first thing in my head is Amy Teagarden from from Friday Night Lights, but that's not like that's not there's no staying power yeah, to that. Yeah. So, like, I feel like, you know, this daughter could fit with a Jack Scalia and Jamie Lunar casting, yeah. but we are building the movie around them, and, like, they're going to be on, like, they're going to find those sat phones earlier, and they're going to be, like, problem solving together. Like, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to go here, like, Perfect. they're going to strategize together. That's how we're going to get in with these I people. like that. I like that a lot. I also just, like, great work bringing those two back, because fantastic Fantastic chemistry. They fantastic were so pairing. good in Nuclear they Hurricane. Were so good. God. She was so good trapped inside of a vent. Yes! The, const- the constraints on what they could do. Yeah. And it was, I was so interested in that. They were great. I, yes, I love that choice. I also, I, it- you know what? Actually, we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to go for the daughter. We're going to throw. She's too old for it, but we're gonna put Addison Ray in. We're gonna make we're gonna make TikToker Addison Ray a disaster movie actor for this because I want to see Addison Ray as a geologist, as an amateur geologist. Um, that's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. It's like 
It's like when Tara Reid played like a geo, oh, like an astrophys, like a rocket scientist, no, yeah. like a literal rocket scientist in Alone in the Dark. I want to see Addison Rae uh, be a I love geology daughter yeah, sure. on a trip with her family to Italian ruins. Sure. Sure. Why not? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an Addison Ray or like an Ali Lohan situation. So what you're telling me is basically that you want to do a starring vehicle where everyone is acting around this person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Sure. Let's, I believe that, yeah. I believe that that duo can elevate a performance from me too. an Addison Ray to get her to where she needs to be for Apocalypse Pompeii. Yeah. Like if I can't get Sadie Sink. Give me Addison Rae. Oh, Sadie Sink would be great as their daughter. She's so cool. She'd be great as that daughter. Yeah, she's so capable. Yeah. She'd be so, read her as, you'd read her as so capable. Yes. And, and again, would be believably their daughter too, which I like. <laughs> yeah. Like just from kind of the, the punnet square in my head. Like that works. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, how many Towering Infernos are you giving this one? How many are you giving Apocalypse Pompeii? You know what? For, I, for its disaster density and its kill innovation... I'm going to go high on this one. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay. I don't think that's I'm going to give it like, I feel like, I feel like three is more reasonable, but like with the amount of just like, and this new thing and this new thing, like it threw the kitchen sink at us. And I like that floor it mentality in a movie like this. I mean, I think that's very reasonable. I think that that would not be an unwarranted. When you said you were going to go high, I was expecting you to be like, I'm going to give it a four, which was going to be extraordinary measures. Yeah, extraordinary. Me- yeah, you know, you're absolutely yeah. right. But yeah. I think 3.5 is very reasonable for a movie that is entirely getting that score because of the density of disaster. Yes, it is. This is being graded yeah. 100% on its disaster outlet. Yeah, if they didn't, if they hadn't made those tour, the Italian tourists uh, burst into flames, Totally. We're not given this, but yeah, I think that's reasonable. I'm gonna do a three. Just yeah, because I think that's the, a very fair yeah, grade. This was not something that I would ever watch again because the science makes me crazy. But mm-hmm. if someone was like, "You need to give me five disaster movies that are bad, direct to TV, like DTV, bad." I, I keep saying direct to TV. It's direct to video, but like <laughs> this sort of like sci-fi channel. We need five asylum movies that won't make me absolutely want to claw my skin off. I'd probably list this one. Yeah. Be like, look, it's not going to make any sense, but no. you're going to have a good time. You're not. Gonna, yeah. You're and if you're not, if you're not going to make any sense, just keep going. Yeah. Like that's like, don't go, don't hold back on me. If you're not going to make any sense, just keep pushing forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like, it's, I, I, I know I've used this, this quote before, and I'm sorry that I keep quoting Woody Allen, but unfortunately the man, you know, you gotta hand it to ISIS. My bad, you don't have to hand it to ISIS, but. Yeah, yeah. He did manage to coin yeah. one what thing. What is it, Drill, who said, you don't gotta hand yeah, it to ISIS. exactly, yes. So you yeah. don't have to hand it to Woody Allen, but he did the quote about, you know, the food was terrible in such small portions. Yeah, yeah. That to me is always my goes back to my touch. That's ultimately my touchstone for these movies is, yeah. you know, I'm going to complain if the food is bad and the portions are small. But in this case, the food was totally. bad, but they were giving me endless breadsticks. And yep. I can't be mad at endless breadsticks, no matter how much I want to nope. be. So, because you know what? If you, if you, you get into that entree a little bit and you're like, this can't happen. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They're not going to stop giving me those breadsticks. Yeah. So you're leaving you're full. Leaving, you're leaving your... 
You you're leaving. You're not full. even showing up. Like you don't show up to Olive Garden because you want the good food. You show up to Olive Garden because you want the breadsticks. Likewise, I'm yeah. not showing up to the Apocalypse Pompeii because I want scientific accuracy. I'm showing up no. because I want them to talk about the heat surge, which is a make believe thing, and it's gonna make <laughs> me crazy. Make-believe. I want them to talk about the heat surge and then blow up several Italians yes. with it. That's all I want. Yeah. As you said, someone getting taken out by a lava Absolutely. bomb. Absolutely. Like, give me, I I want the absurdity of there's 15 feet of ash and therefore we're all going to die from fumes. Like, give me that if you're not yep. going to give me quality. And so, yeah, I mean, I that's why, again, I feel like three and a half is not unreasonable. Three for me. Um, if they had had any fewer number of disasters, it would have gone down into the twos. Yes. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah. If, if if this had just if if the peak had been the red shirt getting annihilated, yeah, yeah, two 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 and a half. Yeah, because this could very easily have become a driving in car movie. This yes, could have been a driving very in much car so movie of escape because they like they take themselves from like static location to static mm-hmm. where they're just inside yeah. something. They're waiting out the heat thing inside an old an ancient prison cell they're waiting out the lava bombs inside a, a, like a, a, catacomb. a cave yeah yeah in a catacomb they're waiting out the pyroclastic flow i guess inside a mansion yeah. like <clears throat> and then they're just sitting around it's the things that are happening to them between the static locations that are getting it to that level absolutely so yeah i mean look it was ultimately competent it was it was as my friend jason would say it was cooked. <laughs> yeah. How was the food? It was, it was cooked. Yeah. So, okay, we've done Towering Infernos. Does that take us to next week's lineup? We do. So we are returning. We're keeping this energy of, I really, like, enjoyed this whole switching between a week of TV, a week of... It's fun. It's fun. I really like it's it. It's fun. I like yeah. it. So we're keeping this going. We're revisiting personal favorite, Surface. So when yep. last we left Surface, we just did the re-release last week. This is like it got a bonus season. Like we stepped away yeah. from it like it was end of season one. And now we get to go back to it like it's season we two. We get to revisit. There's so much. And there's like a whole new cast that comes at this point. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess it has like broken open. Has, like Yeah. Because we finally, yeah, when we've... last we left them, everyone's kind of converging. And then Circo died. And. Yep, God, Circo's dead. That's fucking right, man. But we just keep, we're going to keep on rolling along. Things get weirder. Um, so we are up with episodes 107 and 108 of Surface. 107 of and 108. Okay. And I'm just so cool to have Dr. Lee Lake back on our streets again. Yeah, me too. Me too. God, I'm really looking forward to that. It's just like, because we only got... Yeah. The tiniest bit of Lake Bell when she was a doctor lady scientist in Wakanda forever. Which, who knew? For who knew? I know we were taken too soon. It's, this is not enough. There's not enough doctor lady scientists like Bell on my TV at any given time, but particularly no. uh, in recent like more of her. Yeah, and clearly, clearly, like they they knew what they were doing when they cast mm-hmm. her for that small role in the beginning. So, like, guys, she's got it. I mean, she's got the thing for this kind of part. So, help us out. As far as I'm concerned, this does mean that Surface is in the Marvel. Just saying. Yeah, like, you can't give me yeah, proof. Fine by me. Nope. Exactly. So, can't disprove yeah. it. It's true because I say it's true. So we're revisiting yeah. Surface. Uh, so that'll be next, and that is available. Uh, and, or if you're, you know, a diehard like I am, you only need, you know, 
That's right. Own physical media, guys, and you will never have to wonder where service is because yeah. you will own the DVD. <laughs> Outstanding. I cannot wait. I, it is moving process. Yeah, DVDs are coming along. Come on, guys. D- they're coming along, you guys. You're getting left on a sidewalk with three DVDs written on the side of the box. No, sir. <laughs> my Freaks and Peaks DVD box set. My Sports Night DVD box set. Family Guys wow, season yeah. one, two, and three. Because that's what happened back in the days. They're mm-hmm. all coming along. <laughs> my early 2000s. They're all coming along. That and all the mini skirts I wore in college. Those are all just moving from apartment to apartment with a whether I use it or not. Yeah. So. Listen, keep the classics. Yeah. You know, I might. Listen, there's. The evidence suggests I'm never going to revisit my Veronica Mars phase. But mm. in the event that I decide while nearing 40 that I need to break back out the mini skirts and knee high love soldiers again. And yeah, yeah wow. then, you know, this is where we're at with a polo shirt layered with a shirt underneath it. I hope there are. Th- I hope there are at least three polo shirts. So I never did the multiple polos layered. Um, my dog. Okay. I never did the multiple polos layered. I would do like a polo shirt with a waffle, um, like a waffle knit long sleeve underneath with a uh-huh. pattern. Ooh, the long sleeve. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like the yeah, like the thermal. Yeah, that's that's why. Yeah. So I do like a thermal yeah. underneath the polo with a mini skirt, colored tights, and then knee high lug sole boots. And my messenger bag that was the same one Veronica Mars carried in season two. So I'm that cool. Yeah. Um, like, that was a that was a definitive messenger yeah. bag. It, I still have it. It's still a great bag. Like, it, it, it's still a, a good go-to. It's an American Eagle, and that thing is still kicking. I use that all through college. That is impressive yeah. craftsmanship. No, it has held up better than most of them. Like, And that was a bag that I used every day for school, loaded with textbooks. Used it through... When I went back to school second time for textbooks, like it has held up. I I gotta say, like mid two thousands American Eagle, that shit goes for forever. It's like a forged. Yeah, rock. that was. I mean, that was mid. That was like when it got invented. Yeah. Like that was when it was like, ooh, de- really de rigueur. That stitching on the back pocket. Like I bet the I bet the quality was markedly different. I think so. Just just especially now that I, when I walk through American Eagle and I'm like, this is all the same stuff they were selling when I was seventeen. But, like, there's so many lettuce hemp shirts now. And I'm just like, that's not. Yeah. Oh, sweet summer children. Let me tell you about what happens to a lettuce hemp shirt after it goes to the walk away. It unravels. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. The times. Yeah. But, no, it, it is weird to see, like, everything that I own that was back, but crap. It's, that's real. It's really out. amazing. But, yeah. No, I, so, anyway, so, so physical media, DVDs, surface. That's where we started with that. Yeah. Physical media, DVDs, Surface, there Yeah, it is. so we, we worked backward from that. Um, and yeah, that's that's what we got next week. But in the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JorCrew. That is J-O-R-C-R-U. Uh, you can find uh, the Feeling Scene pod updates every week as well. Uh, I'm Some really... Some really like thought provoking interviews that we've recorded recently. And I got the chance to talk to some folks who like backgrounds in like journalism and cultural criticism. And those are always really fun because they're trained like my brain is to like really get into the comparative literature aspect of talking about like characters and creation and things like that. So I always love to get to do those episodes. So check that out. And uh, then, you know, back episodes of the Ots Pod and the Whole Movie Podcast. So go in for all that. All good, all good things, all good ways to listen to George. And then, of course, I'm Amanda Smith Says on Twitter. 
Um, and that's most of where I am. Um, mm-hmm. and also, like I said, I think I mentioned before, like occasionally I update a TikTok that has uh-huh. videos of from my like road trips uh, where I talk about geology. So that's mm-hmm. uh, what's that called? A dashboard geology. Dashboard. dashboard Thank you. Geology, I almost said right? disaster girls. Yeah. That's not. And I almost said the first thing mine was dashboard confessional. <laughs> that would not be uh, unprecedented, but yes, no. Yeah. It's dashboard geology. So that's like on TikTok, find that there. If you want to see some, listen to me stammer about geology. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we are disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We are disastergirlspod at gmail.com. We are disastergirls.myshopify.com. And then mm-hmm. if you have a few minutes, please take a few minutes to rate and review us. Give us those five stars. They are super ah, yes. helpful. Um, I actually, I posted the other, we got another new review. And it was from Dirk2112. Five okay. stars. Titled, Where's This Pod Been My Whole Life? Which is, this is now makes two, we are now two hot, two reviews in a row where people are like, where has this podcast been? The answer is, waiting for you, we're closing in on four years. Please share this with your friends so they'll stop asking. Exactly. Them. Yes, yes. Uh, so the the the, the uh, review is seriously. I discovered this pod essentially by accident because one of the hosts, <laughs> one of the post hosts, was on another pod and plugged one of her other pods there, and I followed <laughs> and I followed the thread down, and it's quickly become my favorite. Listen, wish I hope it was me mentioning that I have a disaster movie podcast when I talked about Cocaine I Bear so. on NPR. I was really... Because it was like, I'm mentioning Disaster Girls in this Cocaine Bear episode. I was so hoping for the NPR bump. And I was... Yeah. I, I texted... I was like... I was like... Texted my folks. And I was like, look, in case you didn't think we were legitimate, we are getting mentioned on NPR. By, by I'm Jordan, saying... But we're being mentioned. Yeah. Um, so, and it's become my favorite. Listen, wish I'd had it at the beginning of the pandemic rather than at... Good news, Dirk. We're still in it, so you got plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, not over. If you've watched 1997s or better yet, 2003's The Core more than once, or more like six or seven times, this show is for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's exactly right. So mm-hmm. thank you for listening. Thank you for writing that that review. It's just tremendous. It like every time that I get a notification, we got a new review. It like makes my morning. So thank you for doing that. Yes, and keep going, yeah. y'all. So share the good word. Um, if you guys are on Twitter, please interact with us on Twitter. Share our posts. Retweet yeah. it. I'm always bored and ready to reply. So <laughs> operators are standing by. Um, but Operators are standing by. <laughs> we might not always be in doing business, but yeah. we're always we're open. Never, we're never actually, we're not selling anything of value, but you can come check out the merchandise. Um. And yeah, in the meantime, we'll see y'all back. Literally, come check out the merchandise. <laughs> yes, at disastergirls.myshopify. Um, but yeah, we'll see y'all back next week for uh, Surface, episodes seven and eight. See you soon, Dr. Lake Bell. <laughs>